So good to be here, and um, it's becoming like family. Um, I actually have an office down the hall. I don't know if you know that, but uh, I guess Keith likes me. But yeah, so we were we swapped houses. I don't know if you guys know they bought the house we were living in, and we actually moved into where they were living in Point Pleasant. So last week I listened to Pastor Keith's message, and he's like, I can't find my shoes. This morning I couldn't find my shirt. But uh, he's a good man to follow, Keith, isn't he? So I'm, we're kind of like following them step by step as they've moved into their new home and we're moved into our new home. So I thought of Keith this morning as I could not find my shirt. Um, let's pray real quick as we get into God's word. Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, thank you so much uh, for your truth. Lord, thank you for Jesus and how he is our high priest, how he has gone through the heavens for us, that he has died on the cross, was buried and rose on the third day. Lord, thank you for your word, as Steve had mentioned earlier, Lord. It's a light to our feet and a guide to our path. We pray that you would speak to us, encourage us today in your truth. And Trinity Bible Church said, Amen. Amen. So I don't know if we're going to have the passage up on the screen, but open up your Bible right now, please, or your smartphone to the book of Hebrews, chapter 4. Verse 4 through 16. That's where we will be this morning. And again, I just want to give a big thank you to this church for partnering with us. And it's just been an incredible blessing. Words can't even really describe how encouraged we've been over and over and over again by this church and by Bruce and Keith and uh, the deacons and the staff here and just allowing me to have an office here. We had room in the old house where I had an office and we squeezed into a smaller place. I gave my wife uh, a spot in our house because they give, they bear children. <laughs> behind every good man, we know there's only one good, right? That's God. But it, behind every good man is a great woman. Can I get an amen from the men? Behind every good man is a great woman. So, yeah, just so thankful for you guys and partnering with us and encouraging us. And um, I'll be preparing back there, having meetings, Zoom meetings, uh, strategizing on how to reach the Jewish people with the gospel. And as we know, they walk the reservoir, and my window looks right out there, and I can pray. So it's just exciting. I could go on and on. I could do a 30-minute message on why you guys have encouraged me, but I think you get how thankful we are, yes? Amen. So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. And the title of my message, if you're a person that takes notes, is The Passport to His Presence. The Passport to His Presence. I have a few questions to ask us this morning as we look at God's Word. So here's the first question. Have you ever tried to go to a movie without a ticket? Have you ever tried to go to a movie without a ticket? I have. 
because I snuck in in my before Jesus days. Have you ever tried to go to a sporting event and sit in those club boxes? If you're a football fan, they have MetLife Stadium. They have these glorious club box seats, but you have tickets in the top, top section. Have you ever taken your top section ticket and gone to the club seats? Most likely she's like, nope, wrong section. Yes? That happened to me last week. I went to a Flyers game, and uh, we kind of walked in up the steps, and we winded up being in the club box. We snuck in. Don't tell anybody. Literally, yeah, it's bad. I'm a sinner. We got through two periods, and then the security guard said, can I see your ticket, please? And we should, and she, yeah, you're up there. So she escorted us. As we were getting escorted out, she's like, go down these steps. I thought we were going down the steps and out the stadium. But she says, no, go down these steps and go up to your seat. So she had mercy and grace on us. She could have threw us out, right? Okay, this is something we all can uh, identify with. Have you ever tried to go to the beach here at the Jersey Shore during peak hours from Memorial Day to Labor Day? without a beach tag while there's beach checkers. It ain't happening, right? It's not happening. Have you ever seen the sign that says authorized personnel only behind this point, beyond this point? You've seen those signs? And then you see those special people go back. I'm like, wow, they're authorized. You need a special certificate or a special badge, a laminate to get behind authorized personnel only. Have you ever visited Canada? Raise your hand. Did you have a passport? Did you get through? Yes, you need it. It's a common sense, right? You need a passport to get into Canada. Good news for us today, this morning at Trinity Church. God has provided a passport for us into his presence. And his name is Jesus. Amen? Amen. So Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16. Read along with me. It'll be on the screen or you can look at your Bible. And we're going to see how we can obtain God's passport for us. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So here we have before us Jesus being the high priest of our faith, right? He is our high priest. Some of you might be asking, what is the function of the high priest? I'm glad you asked. Well, Let's look at the function of the high priest before we look at how Jesus has fulfilled and is actually our present high priest. So we see this function of the Old Testament high priest in Leviticus chapter 16. So if you want to turn to your Bible in Leviticus 16, you can. It's Leviticus 16, and this is where we find out the function of the high priest. It says this in Leviticus 16. Or you can just listen to me. Sorry that you have to do that this morning. It's a joke. You can laugh. Now the Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, 
when they offered profane fire before the Lord and died. Circle that. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at just any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, lest he die. For I will appear in the cloud above the mercy seat. Verse 3, Thus Aaron shall come into the holy place with the blood of a young bull as a sin offering and of a ram as a burnt offering. Aaron shall offer the bull, verse 6, as a sin offering, which is for himself, and make atonement for himself and for his house. Verse 15, Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people. Bring its blood inside the veil. Do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bull, and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. Verse 16. So shall he make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions and for their sins. Okay? So we have a bloody mess here, don't we? So we have just seen the function of the high priest. So let's pull back the veil. We're going to go back in time. You have the tabernacle, which traveled with Israel in the wilderness until they eventually built the first temple. Then they built the second temple. But the picture here is there was a holy place, right, where God dwelt. Okay, God had set up this traveling sanctuary. And you had the cherubim and you had the mercy seat. And God had told Aaron through Moses to do what we just read, to take, very important, the blood of an innocent animal, right? And to go in and clean God's holy place. First clean the holy place itself, then take the blood for the sins of himself. The high priest himself had to be clean. And then the sins of Israel had to be clean. So three things had to be clean. The holy place itself, Aaron, the high priest who was officiating this cleansing ceremony because he then had to go in once a year on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and take the blood of a bull or a goat and clean the holy place, sins for, him, clean, sins for himself, and then for the forgiveness of all of Israel. Now, I don't know if you know this, but it is told that when the high priest would go in, before he would go in, they would take a rope and they would tie it around his ankle and on his ankle would be a little some bells. So the high priest would be walking in, he'd be saying, yo. No, he wouldn't be doing that. He would be going in with great reverence and awe and would go into the holy place. And all the people that were helping him, ministering this sacrifice and ceremony were listening for the bells first he had to clean the holy place then he had to clean be cleansed for himself right he had to make atonement for himself because he was like i'm going into the holy place where god's presence dwelt right so that place had to be clean so the people would listen for the bell as long as they heard a bell they all said to themselves the dude's all right 
God has accepted the blood of that innocent animal and the high priest has been forgiven. And then that next step was, thank God he's going to make atonement for us and we're going to be cleansed for a year. All of our sins wiped away. The reason the bells were in there on the high priest's robe was they did not want to go into that holy place because there had to be a prescribed way of going in. As soon as the bells stopped ringing, they had a rope and they would pull the... Imagine going in there and not doing the right thing or doing it out of order, trying to figure it out your own way. They would pull the high priest out. There he would be dead, right? Because he had sinned upon himself or he had done something wrong. As we see here in Leviticus 16 lest the high priest die. So tell your heir and your brother not to just come in at any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat which is on the ark, lest he die. For I will appear in a cloud above their mercy seat. So this was God's holy dwelling place for the children of Israel. So the high priest was a servant for the people. He was the mediator between God and the children of Israel. He worked on their behalf to make atonement for their sins. One commentator, F.F. Bruce, translates these three verses this way, guys. Listen to the language here to give us a better picture of what's going on and what God is communicating to us in Hebrews. Since then... We have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us maintain our confession. What's the confession? That Jesus is the Son of God, that he died on the cross, that he was buried, and according to the Scriptures, rose from the dead three days later. Yes? That if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus, the Messiah, is Lord, you will be saved. That is your confession. Verse 15, our, our high priest is not one who cannot sympathize with our frailties. He has endured trial in all respects like ourselves while remaining free from sin. Jesus is Superman. Can I get an amen? We're having church. We can amen here. I might not be invited back, but I don't care. I'll hide in the office. So let us approach the throne of grace with confidence in order to receive mercy and find grace for timely help. These are intense, impactful truths for us to lay hold of this morning. Amen? So verse 14. Jesus passes through, okay? We saw that the high priest went through into the tabernacle with the blood of a bull and a goat to clean the holy place, yes? So he could dwell where God dwelt. The high priest of the Old Testament could only approach God at his earthly throne in the holy of holies in the tabernacle or temple once a year. Jesus is God's suffering servant. 
It is prophesied in Isaiah 53 and in Psalm 22 that the spotless Lamb of God offered himself up for the sins of the world and went through the heavens to the very throne of the Holy One of Israel. Jesus goes for us into the holies of holies to God's heavenly throne. Jesus fulfilled what the high priest has done for us. Verse 14 says that Jesus has gone through the heavens. He has made a way for us to follow him into God's presence. Amen? Jesus is our passport into God's presence. Jesus, in verse 14, says he's the Son of God. Listen to this quote from one commentator. Jesus, the Son of God, is not disqualified by his divine origin from sharing in his people's troubles and sympathizing with their weaknesses. I'll read that again. Jesus, the Son of God, is not disqualified by his divine origin from sharing in his people's troubles and sympathizing with their weaknesses. We're going to see that Jesus sympathizes with our frailty, with our brokenness, and with our weakness. Point two. First, we saw Jesus passes through, yes? Second P, I like to alliterate. Passport into his presence. Jesus passes through. Secondly, Jesus is perfect. And we are thankful that Jesus is perfect, yes? For we do not have a high priest, right, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. The high priest of the Old Testament, as I had mentioned before, needed to go into the tabernacle and cleanse the holy place, right? But that high priest did not experience everything that the children of Israel had experienced, right? The high priest might have had children. I'm not sure. I might be butchering this. Forgive me if I am. But the high priest probably never had a child who died, could not sympathize with the pain of losing a child. Yes? The high priest might have never broken a bone and couldn't sympathize with the pain and anguish of a broken bone and not being able to do the functions that you normally would do. So my wife, we are moving, insult to injury. We have a 10-year-old son, 11-year-old son. He has a little bit of anxiety. He gets it from his dad. Pray for him. His name's Micah. Just a, a worry wart. So we got Rita's water ice. Who's a fan of Rita's water ice? Okay. Rita's water ice. We got mango. And he's eating a couple scoops of it, and there's a little bit of red. He stops, drops his spoon. Mom, there's red in the mango. Mom says, that's probably because they used the scoop for cherry before. Is it okay? (laughs) Come on, bro. Yes, it's okay. That's how much he worries. Can you imagine? So she's dealing with worry, little Micah, about the red into the mango water ice. Like, oy vey, as we say, if you're Jewish. So we're moving. He's so anxious that he comes and sleeps on the floor. And he's on an air mattress, and every time he turns, I was woken up about three or four times the first night, you hear, I get up, I sleep until 11 o'clock, 
Can you imagine? My wife lets me sleep. I come out the living room. It's got the big rug. She's got the sofa. There's, before, there was like no open space. All the boxes are over here. Plants are set up. Sofa's set up. Little seats set up. I'm like, Mama's working. Good woman. I'm like, honey. She co- I'm like, this looks great. She comes out of the kitchen. I'm like, what's the matter? I'm so tired. Micah, did you hear a squeak, squeak? I said, yes. She didn't sleep well. So the second pod comes. We open it up. We start unloading it. Micah's like so eager. Mom, I'll help you. So he grabs it. The shelf is this way. The back is this way. He picks it up. She's on the other side. He lifts it up. It's too heavy. It goes like this. The shelf slides out right on Corey's foot. Boom, like the corner. Ah, oh, tears. She bends over, crying. Long story for just, you know, this sympathizing, right, with pain. Long story short, in the midst of all of this chaotic unpacking and my wife not sleeping and my son being anxious, we run over to Point Pleasant Beach, 24-hour emergency care and she gets an x-ray finds out it's just a bone bruise but very very bad bone bruise and every time she moves it the pain radiates up her leg and into her back so she's got a post-op shoe because she can't bend her foot can't drive can't go to church today because she can't use her foot and uh so all of that what was the point of all that the high priest might not have had that happen to him so he can't sympathize with everything right But Jesus, the Bible tells us, sympathizes with everything that we have gone through. There's not one thing that Jesus cannot sympathize with us. He was at all points tempted as we were, yet without sin. Lazarus, three days, he saw his loved ones, his friends, mourning over the death of their dear brother and friend Lazarus. Jesus came and saw that. He empathized with the death of a loved one. Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He had feelings. He had anguish. He had pain. He had sadness, didn't he? There's nothing that we go through that Jesus has not yet already experienced. We have one who identifies with our weaknesses. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 2.17 says this of Jesus, Therefore, in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Jesus is without sin. Hebrews 7.26 For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5.21 for our sake, he, was, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And finally, 1 John 3, 5, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins 
and in him there was no sin. Jesus, sinless. Victory over the grave. Walked amongst his disciples for a time and ascended into heaven and went through the heavens and sat down at the right hand of God. Why is that important? Track with me. We will find out why that is so important for us as followers of Jesus. One commentator says this of verse 15. Unlike us, he, Jesus, was without sin. Those three verses that I just mentioned. Never responding wrongly to any of his temptations, nor could he, being God. Yet, as a man, he could feel their reality. Amen? Listen to this. Much as an immovable boulder can bear the brunt of a raging sea, and thus he is able to sympathize, to feel, or to suffer with their and our weaknesses. You guys grasp that? Isn't that amazing? I'll read it again. never responding wrongly to any of his temptations, nor could he, being God. Yet as a man, he could feel their reality. He could feel it. Much as an immovable boulder can bear the brunt of a raging sea, the sea pounds. I've been to Manasquan Inlet. We've all been to Manasquan Inlet. Army Corps of Engineers, right? I enjoy surfing. I don't surf. I bodyboard, and I'm made fun of by my surfer friends. But I am... Determined to learn how to surf this summer because I'm from Philly. We don't have waves in Philly. But you see the Manasquan Inlet, right? You see those huge rocks and boulders, right? Magic Seaweed, which is a surfing app, says Manasquan Inlet, the jewel of Jersey, can handle anything that the Atlantic throws at it. So when a storm comes, those rocks are not moving. But in a sense, they can feel the brunt. In the same way, Jesus is immovable. All temptation thrown his way, and he was immovable. But he felt it all. He felt the pain of death. He felt the pain of loss. He felt the pain of a broken world. Only one who fully resists temptation can know the extent of its force. Thus, the sinless one, Jesus, has a greater capacity for compassion than any sinner could have for a fellow sinner. I'll read that again because it's fantastic. Only one who fully resists temptation can know the extent of its force. Thus, the sinless one, Jesus, has a greater capacity for compassion than any sinner who could have for a fellow sinner. I'm into UFC. It's mixed martial arts, right? And if you know anything about the uh, MMA, it's mixed martial arts. There's, You can choke somebody out. You can have a submission where it's an arm bar in your arm. It's like they want to pull it out of its socket. And if the pain gets too bad or the chokehold gets too strong and you can't breathe, you tap out, right? But I've seen them break the submission. I've seen them break the break that hold, they have gone all the way and they feel the full force of being choked out 
but break it. The ones that tap out don't feel the full, don't feel the full, full force because they've tapped out. You know who else hasn't tapped out? Jesus the Messiah never tapped out. Give me an amen. He never tapped out. Jesus, while on earth, was fully God and fully human. Did Jesus ever get hungry? Yes, he did. Did Jesus ever get thirsty? Yes, he did. Matthew 4, we read, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The next time you're hungry, know that Jesus isn't sitting up there going, oh, just get over it, you fool. No, Jesus is like, go get some bread and eat. Go to Jersey Mike's Sub. Get it Mike's way. Jesus, John 4, 6, Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. I want to give you guys permission And I believe that Pastor Keith would allow me to say this. Have grace with yourselves. You're allowed to have grace with yourself. We're moving. We're in transition. I get up and there's so many things to do. The Lord's like, Scott, have grace with yourself. Like I want every box unpacked right now. I want the house done. I'm tired. It's been a long week. I don't know what you guys are going through. Have grace with yourself. It's okay to say, I'm not going to get it all done today. It's okay to say, I snapped. I was tired and I yelled at my son or I yelled at my wife or I was short with a coworker. It's not an excuse, but it's okay sometimes, right? God gives us grace and encourages us to go to him for strength and power. Our Messiah knows what it's like to be tired and hungry. What a comfort that Jesus knows what we have experienced. And he knows all the struggles that we go through. The best person to give you advice and to help on a journey, Trinity, is someone who has traveled the road before you. The best person to help you through an illness is someone who has come through it. We all get tired, we all get weary, and we all get hungry. And we can take great comfort that Jesus experienced these things as well. He can sympathize with our weaknesses. Summarizing verse 14 and verse 15, the high priest of old didn't experience all temptations as Jesus did. He himself endured every trial that they are likely to undergo, but remain steadfast throughout and has now passed through the heavens to the very throne of God. There is no darkness or death that Jesus has not experienced. Amen? So we looked at Jesus passing through. We looked at Jesus as perfect And now we're going to see that God gives us permission to pursue. God gives us permission to pursue. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 
Therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace. Jesus has gone through, has sat down at the right hand of God's holy presence, and we, by faith, are invited to go into the Holy of Holies. We have been given a passport from Jesus to enter in to his presence. It says, therefore, right? When it says, therefore, you need to ask yourself what it's there for, yes? Therefore harkens back to verse 14 and 15. Because Jesus has suffered and sympathizes with our weakness and has gone through the heavens to sit at God's right hand, we follow him in prayer right into God's throne room. The high priest, as I mentioned before, served the people by making atonement for their sins. Jesus was God's servant when he gave up his life for us. You guys have all been able to go to a hotel or maybe an Airbnb, and you've gone to a place and it's spotless, yes? You have, you are the benefactor of someone serving you, right? We just went to an Airbnb because we were, we slept in, we were, I won't even get into it because <laughs> it's too much. It's just crazy. So we were in between the time of the house being sold and the new house being ready. We were kind of nomads for three weeks. Um, but we stayed in an Airbnb for eight days and it was one of the cleanest Airbnbs we'd ever been in. And you're tired and you're weary and you walk in and it's like spotless. You're like, ah, right? Someone went before us and served us by cleaning. That's just a small fraction. Jesus was our high priest and was God's servant and served all of humanity by being that boulder and receiving the brunt of the world's sins. Come on. Not only that, has gone into heaven and has made a place for us to follow him in, to receive grace and mercy and help in our greatest need, our greatest trial in life. There's no darkness in this world that you can't bring to Jesus because he's experienced it all. Amen? Jesus was a servant, and now we can come become his sons, his sons and daughters. God invites us into the most holy place of prayer, into his very presence. Leviticus 16 says this, Tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at just any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat, which is on the ark, lest he die. I'm here to tell you, Trinity Church, that no longer is the case. You can come into God's presence anytime, any day, any moment. You don't have to wait for the high priest to go in in the days of old. He has done it all for us. Amen? Praise the Lord. Because of Jesus, we can come to the Father at any time under any circumstances. We are told to come boldly with confidence. God invites you in your time of struggle 
to go into God's presence in prayer with boldness and with confidence because of all that we have learned today. You tell God, I'm coming because of the blood of Jesus and go in and pray and praise and worship. Hebrews 10:19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, we can have confidence today. Wow, right? Super confidence. There is someone, there is something, excuse me, that no one can take away from you. And that's prayer. Amen? Think about it. No matter where you are, you can always pray. My past, four drug rehabs, two halfway houses, psychiatric hospital. That was my jail for one week. Lived in my car for a time because of my past. But at any of those moments, even locked in that locked ward, I could pray. I didn't know the Lord at that moment. I wish I did, but I could have prayed. Isn't that an amazing, amazing thought and an amazing comfort? Then no matter where we are or what we're going through, we have access to the throne of God because of Jesus. Amen? No matter how dark it might seem, Jesus is just a prayer away. We obtain mercy and grace from God when we call on his name in prayer. I was uh, driving from here to the office. And I was pulled over by a wall cop. I hope there's no cops here. I was pulled over. I've been pulled over four times. You guys know Bob Carver? He was gracious to give me his car. It's got tinted windows. Nobody knew how, how legit Bob Carver was. Driving with the tinted windows. There's more things about that car I can tell you about, but I probably shouldn't. It's got a stereo system. And when the bass kicks in, it lights up. I'm like, Bob Carver! You, you boss, it lights up, you boss! My daughter came in, she says, it's popping in here, dad! Bob Carver. Slick man. But I got pulled over four times, and I got pulled over, and I he pulled out, and I'm just like, you ever, they pull out, and you're, the th- oh no, right? And he pulls me over, and I'm just like, come on, dude. And uh, it was because I had tinted windows. Bob Carver with the tinted windows. But he let me go. But there's that moment where you're like, oh no, Right? I don't have the money for a ticket. I need a new washer and dryer and a new fridge and all these different things. Take my car to Rick to get fixed. I have to. I can't afford a ticket. But he let me go. If you've been in school, have you ever had a paper due? Back in high school and you go to the professor or the teacher for grace. Can I have two more days? And she says yes. You're like, Phew. right? Well, that's called grace. It's called grace period, right? We get that from God because of what he has done. 
he tells us to enter in to his presence to to obtain grace, unmerited favor, and mercy for timely help. Amen? Oh, the feeling you get when you are the benefactor of grace and mercy. Oh, the feeling when I pull that out on 35 South with just a warning with those tinted windows. And now there's a struggle. I've been told, just peel the tint off. No, I like it. It keeps the sun out, right? I regress. Well, God invites you and me into his presence to come boldly to ask God for help. And the promise is we will receive mercy and grace to help in our time of need. Aren't you glad for Jesus? Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Jesus. And Lord, we mean that from the bottom of our hearts. Where would we be, Father, without Jesus the Messiah? We think back on that day. We just celebrated Good Friday and Easter. Where would we be without you dying on the cross for us and rising from the dead? Lord, we have a hope that no one can take from us. Not only a hope, we have a passport that's been issued from the Holy One of Israel. And you invite us to come boldly to receive mercy and grace to help us in time of need. And for that, we say, thank you, Lord. Lord, help us remember when we forget that we have access. And help us to have confidence, humble confidence, to come before you to receive that grace and mercy that you so freely want to give us. Give us strength today. Give us strength this week. We pray for Keith and Claudia. Would you strengthen them? Would you encourage them today? Would you bless them today? And would you bless Trinity Bible Church? May this be a place where people come to find you and find freedom. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.